Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. I want you to go to 2 Peter today, chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 15. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can put it up on the screen for folks to read. But, uh, amen. We'll start in verse 15. Before we read the Holy Scriptures, we'll have a prayer right now. Father, we thank you for the Word of God that's able to save our souls. It's anointed. Open our hearts, open our ears, help these feeble lips of clay to speak something, Father, edifying to your people. We give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. All right. An account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, see, seeing uh, you know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away from the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Peter was writing concerning the Apostle Paul's writing, and he said some things are hard to be understood. And he said those in verse 16 that were unlearned wrestle against the Scriptures to their own destruction. And it seems to me that we need to understand the writings of the Apostle Paul so we'll not be deceived and fall from our own steadfastness. So today I want to go to a a difficult scripture in Galatians chapter 2 now and verse 20 this morning. Galatians 2 and verse 20 says, I I think you can read it with me. Are you you ready to read it with me today? I like cooperation and participation in the church house, praise the Lord. I am crucified with Christ Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see, Paul is writing here a very difficult revelation scripture. He was given this by revelation, and he's simply talking about being crucified with Christ, which is the foundation for all victory. And you find the backup scripture in Romans chapter 6. He's also talking about experiencing new life. But not by his own strength or ability. That's where a lot of people miss the mark. And he said that he had this new life because Christ was living in him. In other words, this is what he meant. He died when Jesus died on the cross. He was also raised with Jesus. 
to walk in newness of life. And water baptism has nothing to do with it. So then faith in the Son implies the cross, and the cross is, was Paul's object of faith, and it must also be ours. This is the only way that Paul could be saved. And I might add, this is the only way that we can be saved today. So in other words, when a person becomes born of the Spirit of God, there's a change in their life. Have you experienced a change? It was so tremendous in the life of Saul, he was changed to Paul. That's what I'll talk about. That's what I, I, I say is a real change. Now, when we, when we look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, a little bit closer today, he said, I am crucified with Christ, not I was or I will be. I am. That's present tense right now. And we must ask ourselves a question. Are we crucified with Christ? So who is crucified, Saul or Paul? I got to tell you, Saul was crucified. The old person. So his name was changed to, to Paul. He later became one of the greatest apostles of all time. Now, Saul was not effective, but Paul was. I want us to understand something this morning. I was, I was awakened several days ago, early in the morning, to write down these notes. I'm going to read these notes to you that was given to me from the Lord. You won't find it in any commentary. It's direct. You understand that? There are three natures in the believer. Three natures in the believer. The divine nature... The human nature, now this human nature is connected to five senses. You know, feelings, emotions, so forth and so on. Then the believer has the fallen Adamic nature to deal with. That fallen nature was what was crucified in Saul. Now, we call this fallen nature that every human deals with the sin nature. And it simply means that which is in us that is prone to do something wrong. All of us have it. It wasn't extracted when you were born again. It's still there, but it's reckoned dead if you allow it to be so. We must cooperate with the Holy Spirit's sanctifying process. Now, this sin nature, as I said, is prone to do something wrong. And it operates through your flesh. Uh, the Bible calls uh, the flesh, uh, most of the time it's talking about the old nature that was crucified, Saul, Paul said. See, the only way we can walk a new life is to have the old life crucified. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody. All right, let me back up and read this again. Praise the Lord. The only way we can have victory, the old man must be crucified and we must allow the new divine nature to live in us and through us. Then we'll be walking in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See? Now, 
The divine nature is to dominate our human nature. Not Lord over us, but Jesus is Lord, so he has the right to say. Now, the human nature is involved in submitting to the divine nature. The only way you can do that is your old nature must be crucified. The old flesh, Adamic sin nature must be crucified or you cannot walk in victory. You'll never find any victory in this life going to church 24-7. It won't happen until you reckon yourself dead in Christ. I am crucified with Christ. That's what Paul said. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. You talk about some, like Curly stood on three stooges. What are you trying to do? Give me the double talk? I mean, I'm crucified, yet not I. So I explain this as Saul was crucified and Paul was not. Are you crucified? You know what? The old you will not come out of the grave. The old you cannot be glorified. It must be the new you. That's been made alive. The very instant you received Jesus as Savior and Lord, He converted you into His kingdom. You're born from above. Praise God. But so many in the church world, especially in the United States and Europe, they try to find victory for their personal lives through prayer, fasting, giving, work in the ministry, study, confessions, uh, scripture memorization, self-will. None of these things will grant victory. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because you're the one trying to merit the victory, and it's already been done for you. Now, I'm not saying these things are wrong. They're certainly right if we have our faith in the cross and not what we're doing. If we put our faith, which comes from God, by the way, in what we're doing, we'll never have the victory that Christ has already given. So you've got to die out and let God be God in you. That's the problem with people today. They want to do it their way. It won't work. Paul tried it. I mean, he was a Pharisee, Hebrew, uh, uh, circumcised the eighth day, uh, stock of Benjamin and so forth and so on and one of the main apostles was filled with the Holy Ghost all nine spiritual gifts all five ministry gifts in operation but he could not do it that which I do I allow not he said oh wretched man that I am but he was trying to figure out how to serve God through keeping laws rules and regulations and you cannot turn to somebody and say give up and let Jesus take over Now listen a minute. The sin nature, by the way, the sin nature in you tells you you don't have it. Religion tells you you don't have it. It was extracted at the new birth. No. If it was extracted at the new birth, then why did Paul write in most New Testament to correct the church? This body is not the problem. It's the impulses intertwined therein is the problem. So this sin nature seems to be meshed with our flesh. It's distinguishable, but it's there. So is the human nature inside of us, 
And if you're a child of God today, so is the divine nature inside. We must choose who's going to run our life. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2.14 today. Praise God. And most of us can quote this. Certainly we can. I want us to note, first off, that Paul was writing to the church. People in the church that were wrestling, trying to figure out how to have victory. And he said, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Because it is foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So there's a natural man which is, involves the, the human nature and the fallen nature. There's no way to have victory over that problem except one way. Now, When a person is dominated by the natural man, that's more than the five senses, the sin nature is what is dominating your physical body. If you're led by the Spirit, you're led by the Spirit, not the flesh, right? If you're led by the flesh, you do not please God. That's talking to the believers. When a person has a problem with the natural man, and the sin nature resurrects and begins to run your life, you will be tempted to sin and work the works of the flesh, and you cannot stop it because the old man's running you. The only way you can have victory over that problem is to be crucified. I mean, the crowd gets small when you start teaching this stuff, but folks, there's no other way. You've got to lay it all out here and let the Lord take care of business. When we understand who we are in Christ, who Christ is in us, and what happened to us the very moment we, we surrendered our life to Jesus and made him Lord of our life, invited him in through prayer, received the new birth through the Holy Spirit, believed the word of God, you are nailed to a cross. Do you understand that? You don't have any rights. You are a bond slave to God. You belong to him. You are a child of God. The, good, the real good news is, not only are you a child of God, but you're out of the family of the devil. He has no authority over you whatsoever. Unless you operate in the sin nature, then he comes and works through that. That's the reason Satan can work through a believer if they're walking in the flesh and letting the old nature dominate their life. Don't let that be named among you, saints. The Lord will have to chastise you if it comes to now, so a believer then that is having a problem of victory does not understand the revelation of the cross and how to receive the benefits contained therein. And I've taught on this for several years and it seemed like that we might be getting to first base. Now what happens when we get into this process of trying to find victory for our personal life? is that Satan has invented religion. Say religion. You know, religion's really what contributed to the crucifixion of Christ to start with. God is not really a religious God. 
He's a personal God. Religion cannot save you. Only Jesus can save you. Religion didn't hang on the cross for you. Only the Son of God did. You understand that? So we don't convert to a religion. We're born again as the family of God by the new birth because we received Jesus as Savior and Lord. I can't make it any plainer than that. But Satan comes up with a religion. And uh, so religion then is a substitute for reality. It uh, doesn't work. But religion rather compounds your problem. If you ask me if I'm religious, I'm going to say, no, I'm not a religious person. But I am born again. I do know the Savior. And in that regard, if you want to call that religion, that's okay. But I'm not some religious person jumping through the hoop, lighting candles, this and that, and seven steps to nowhere, and all these gimmicks that the devil's come up with for victory. It will not work. It cannot work for victory because Jesus is the victory. So we've got to get back to preaching Christ and Him crucified. That's the message that works. All of the messages are attack on. Now, after a believer is drawn into religious exercise, um, he becomes helpless to do the will of God. Do you understand that? Because you're all intertwined in religious exercises, which is not the will of God. The reason that a believer cannot please God and have victory in his life when he's drawn into religion. And by the way, religion entices the old nature. Kind of like Cain. I'll do it my way. I'll bring my sacrifice. And God will accept that because, you know, after all, I'm the Savior. And you get that puffed up pride and God cannot accept it. So, a person will begin to trust in something else or someone else with futile efforts. So many people live their lives struggling, trying to have victory. That's the old man trying to work out salvation. The old man cannot work out salvation. The old man must be crucified. Are you getting the message today? Your problem is your old nature. My problem is the old nature that we got from Adam when he fell. When he fell, his seed was infected and we got the disease. It's called sin. In that regards, yes, there's sin in us. But on the other hand, a Christian does not practice sinning. There's a big difference. If you practice breaking the Ten Commandments all the time and breaking the works of the flesh, living that way 24-7, listen to me, the old man's dominated you, your new nature is died out, and you're backslid. Thank God. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. We must trust in Christ himself. So what happens when a person gets in this down draft? Turn to somebody and say, stay out of the down draft. <laughs> So what happens when a person gets in the downdraft? 
you begin to try to keep some law. And I've preached on this quite a bit, but it, it's starting to get through around here. You, you try to preach some, uh, try to keep some kind of law. And the truth is, you can't do it. Hear what I said? If Paul the Apostle couldn't do it, we sure can't do it. Jesus was the only one that kept all the law. No one else. That's why he had to go to the cross. Because we couldn't keep the law. And besides that, everybody, keeping the law could not save a person. (laughs) So why try? Well, you're just giving people a license to live like the devil. No, if you're born again, you don't want to live like the devil. If you're born again, you hate that lifestyle. You may get tripped up and get into a sin, but don't worry. The covenant is confess your sins. It's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's the deal. The old man says, no, no, it's not that bad. He's lying to you. Now, are we done? Okay. All right, let's look at some scripture now. That's enough of that. I want to go to John 8, 36 this morning, please. Hallelujah. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. I mean super free. Free from what? Free from all the things that takes you out of the victory. Free from yourself. And certainly free from the devil. And you're not even in his family anymore because of the new birth. But we've got to learn how to live for God. And that's the problem in the church. People know about, about salvation. But they don't know how to serve God and live for God after salvation. And if they don't want to, that's the old man running you and you need to be crucified. If you were ever saved to start with, you were crucified and God reckons it so. God reckons your old nature to be dead. And that's what Paul said. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. The old self died. The new self walks in divine nature because God lives on the inside. Hallelujah. Now, when Jesus begins to set people free or make people free, it's a process. Everybody say it's a process. You're not going to get a home run. You've got to go to first base, second base, third base, and then around. And no one's made it quite around yet. No one. I said no one. The Bible does not teach sinless perfection. Now we can live above sin and have victory and purity within. But we'll never be free of the problem that plagues us until the rapture comes. Now when the rapture comes... We'll be glorified and not have this intertwined problem to deal with. Until that time, we must deal with it. One thing that helps us is to obey the Word of God and to submit to the gospel when it's preached and taught. It will help keep the old man beat down. But now, if you turn a deaf ear to the Word of God, that old man will begin to live. Sure as I'm standing here, and you're going to have a problem. It'll not only be a problem with yourself, problem with everybody around you, but a problem with God Almighty, and you don't want that. You don't want that. It's 
this process of growing. Turn somebody and say, I wish you'd grow. <laughs> You're all saying, you must have ate too much turkey this weekend. I, I wish you'd grow. Praise the Lord. I've tried to help people grow, and it doesn't work. No. And you can't struggle and strain and make yourself grow. Nope. God is the one that helps us grow in his grace with understanding. So when we understand the problem and the answer, we can have victory. We will have victory. It is inevitable to have victory if we understand this process. Now, freedom only comes by and through the gospel. A statement a couple of years ago, and I'm sticking to it as you go into Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I'm sticking to it. The preacher does not preach the gospel, he is not a gospel preacher. What do you got? Amen. And Romans 1 and verse 16. Praise the name of the Lord. Say this with me. Are you ready? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He didn't say anything but that. So the church has got to get back to the gospel. You've heard people say, oh, that's the gospel truth. That is the gospel truth. Well, I understand what they're saying. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Then in 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul is telling us how to have victory here. How many wants it? We get victory, we receive victory, we maintain victory, and we stabilize in victory all the same way. Hallelujah. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolish. See, the natural man thinks it's ridiculous to go to church, has no desire to go to church, to hear about the gospel, hear about Christ, hear the word of God that's able to save their soul, to, to worship God in spirit and in truth, feel the power of God come upon them, be saved, healed, delivered, have miracles, signs, and wonders. Had no desire for that. They'd rather be out there fishing. Well, your boat's allowed to go down too, mister. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolish. But to us which are saved, it's the power of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I want the power. Yes, I indeed. Well, we all want the power, but it only comes through the cross. No other way. If we think the power of God is going to come into our lives any other way, we don't have our faith in the object that God honors. Which is the old rugged cross. I explain it this way. When we pray to God, and I hope that we do, all those prayers must go through the cross. And when God answers those prayers, they come back through the cross. Do you understand that? Because there was where our sacrifice was made. Now, when Cain and Abel brought their sacrifice to God back in Genesis, first few chapters, God was looking at the sacrifice. 
the sacrifice. If God approved of the sacrifice that they brought, then God approved the person bringing it. You don't come to God any other way. You come one way every single time, 24-7, no matter whether you're a babe in the Lord or the chiefest apostle, we all come the same way, the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> no other way. Every time. And God says, yes, every time, according to the word. Praise God. I'm glad for that today. Then in 2.5, 1 Corinthians 2.5, I could be like Donald Trump and say, 1 Corinthians. <laughs> He's learning, bless his little heart. 1 Corinthians 2.5, that your faith, now get this, your faith did not stand in the wisdom of men, but what? And the power of God. What's the power of God? The preaching of the cross. This is where our faith must be anchored for all eternity. Do you have it there? Do you have it there? Where? Your faith must be anchored in the cross. That's what I'm saying for victory. Oh, the old man's going to run you. He'll come up with 10 steps to nowhere. He'll. He'll tell you what's wrong with everybody else. You're okay. No, that's self-justification. It won't work. No, we're going to deal with this. And if we don't, the old man's going to kill you. Because Satan works through him. The good thing is, the new nature you have cannot sin. The new nature will give us victory over the problem that we got from Adam. Even though we have a human nature, even though we're still uh, not perfect, but we are in grace, if you have the divine nature, learn how to walk in grace and keep the faith. Praise God. That's what I tell people. Stay in grace and keep the faith. Stay in grace, keep the faith. That's all we have to do. Stay in grace and keep the faith. Because you can err from the faith and fall from grace. Do you understand that? So we've got to guard, be on guard now. Now in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can find that. I want to read a few scriptures today. Let this word do the talking for a change. Ephesians 1 17 will start there. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding have been enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power in us who believe, according to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him his own right hand in the heavenly places, Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Praise God. You know, if you're in Christ, everybody, you got it made. You've absolutely got it made. Hallelujah. And God has a plan for us. 
So, the last scripture this morning, I think we'll go to 1 John 4, 4 today. Hallelujah. How many are saved today? Praise God. Did you choose to get saved? Well, you responded. (laughs) If you could choose to get saved whenever you want, then why didn't you do it a year or two before that? No, God's the one that chose you. God's the one that chose me. And apparently he has a plan for our lives. Not only just a few years on this earth, but for all eternity. If God has chosen you, you won't get away very easy. Oh, you can get in the old nature and run and blame the church and blame the family and blame the job and, and blame humanity and blame God and blame the devil. No, you're the problem. You can run, but you can't hide. Because God's got a big Holy Ghost roadblock waiting right down there. And he knows how to get your attention. If you don't believe me, you better ask Jonah. (laughs) I love the story about Jonah because, you see, he was going to go the other way. God had a plan for Jonah. He didn't get out of it. He tried. Same way with Saul, who was on the road to Damascus to kill the church. Father's doing a work of God, and that's what I call real deception. But by the time Jesus got through with Saul on the road to Damascus, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He converted quickly. Hallelujah. I'm glad God saved Saul. Because if Saul would have said, no, I'm not going to submit, he would have died. There comes a time you will make a decision, young person. You will make a decision, middle-aged person. You will make a decision, older people. (laughs) Why did we put it off? Human nature. You know, I see in my spiritual eyes people running from God today. Running. Where are you going to run to? Nothing but a coffin waiting on you. You won't even go in there. I thought about Khrushchev. You know that died on Black Friday? Don't you find it strange that the sequence of events in this world is moving quick. Trump gets in, Khrushchev dies, uh, Castro, excuse me, Castro, Castro oil, whatever his name is, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean, the dictator. He dies. Jerusalem is, man, as long as we stick with Jerusalem, we got it made as a nation. But even in our own nation, if we don't get back to God. You know what I would do with all these people rioting in the, in the streets? I'd get the water cannon and I would disperse that crowd quick. If that didn't work, I'd get the military attack dogs and I would move them out of the streets fast. I wouldn't allow a bunch of rioting going on, a bunch of babies, because I didn't get their way. 
And that attitude's come in the church. Let it not be named here lest God spank you. All right. So how do we have victory and maintain victory and walk in victory? I think you know the answer. Jesus is the answer, of course. He allows a problem to come into our life, and then he's the answer to that problem every single time. So I have the answer to all of our problems. Jesus is the answer. When he gets in the boat, you're going to the other side. <laughs> the main thing is I want him in the boat. Praise God. The last verse this morning of this scrambled leg message is quite simple. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Not going to have. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. That takes in about all of it, doesn't it? Turn somebody and say, the greater one's in you today. Enjoyed today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zionward Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zionward Ministries International. <laughs>